Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E, and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. <laughs> okay <laughs> gone central with that okay uh, this is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee and then sitting down to break down analyze and discuss some of our favorite comic books uh the coffee that we'll be brewing today is called inga aponte roasted by the mellow Palietta coffee roasters i think i got that right uh the comic we'll be discussing today is dc nation number zero that had just come out uh last week uh, whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, if you like this show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes and Google Play. And alongside with hitting that subscribe button, if you got a few minutes to spare, please leave us a review and a rating and make sure to tell your friends about this podcast. Uh, now, before we go and brew ourselves a coffee, um, let's catch up a little bit. What have you been doing the last week, Victor? Lebronto Raptors. Oh my God, Stop. <laughs> Why just, we start on uh, such a negative note? Just you know, we just can't seem to win a game against LeBron James, the King of the North. <laughs> <laughs> My God, we just lost again last night. Um, we are now three and zero. I mean, zero and three. I wish we were three and zero, but we are now zero and three. We have lost three games straight. We. What have you been up to this week, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just playing a lot of God of War Just playing a lot of that um, Yeah, I mean, it's fun uh, It's um, It's it's so good It's really epic, it's so good You just can't stop playing it And that's kind of what I've been doing um, That Aside from that and just reading a bunch of stuff uh, free, free comic book day actually just passed So yeah. uh, Picked up a couple books for that And uh, just read, read some of that Pretty interesting if, stuff. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, any of the Raptors picked up. Oh my god! Some free comic books. <laughs> Maybe that'll Cheer get them, them get them a little inspired to <laughs> play some basketball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I can I can already kind of tell the overall tone of the podcast yes. this week. It is going to be really sad, really depressing. Okay, um, but I'm, not the book. The book no, we'll be talking about the, is not depressing the book at all. Is good, but the Raptors. My God, they um. They, they need to do something. You know what we need to do? Sign LeBron. That's what we need to do. We need to somehow convince him to come to Toronto. Um, Not going to happen. Maybe get him on a track with, with Drake and have Drake just really pump him just up. Con- just And then uh, have, <laughs> have him come to Toronto. Just convince him to come to Toronto. <laughs> that makes no sense. Like, why... <laughs> You know what? Let's just let's just go and get some coffee. Let's yeah. just, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about the Raptors. What else have you been doing though? What else have you done this week? You can't have just watched the Raptors lose. Um, I mean, yeah, I've been playing God of War as well. Oh, okay. But we can't just sit here and talk about God of War. We've basically been doing that for two weeks. <laughs> it's a good game. I'm I'm hooked. Yeah, it's so good. I wish I had more time to play it. Uh, you're definitely way further ahead than I am. So I really, so. there isn't much to talk about. Yeah. But um, Kratos, 10 out of 10. God of War. Atreus, little prick. Uh, <laughs> um, just got to keep going and see how the story goes. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly playing it for the story. Like, yeah, that's, me, too. That, me too. Like, when it comes to single-player games, I like, the, I like the story aspect of it more than I do gameplay. Yeah. Even though gameplay is important as well. Um, 
when it comes to like multiplayer games, that's when I like it to be really difficult for me. Oh, okay. Right? I like I like a challenging multiplayer game because then that means I can keep improving and get better with other players. Single player, I don't care. I just want the story. Mm. But um, so I can't good. relate. I don't play multiplayer stuff. You should. I don't it's, really. Play you it much. should. It's uh, it's a different experience, my friend. No, for sure. But I don't know. I I can't. Um, I sometimes I just can't stand playing multiplayer stuff. I have a competitive nature. Yeah, maybe that's. Yeah. So I, I I like to just go hard and try and beat everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah, that's yeah. just me. I mean, that's okay. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, so why don't we go? Why don't we go and brew that coffee, and then uh, we'll come back and talk about DC Nation, and we'll leave the Raptors in our rearview mirror. It's ra- uh, coffee time. <laughs> it's coffee time. <laughs> Okay, and welcome to our coffee segment where we try one of the coffees that are sent into us and have it accompany us throughout our comics discussion. During this segment, we'll be trying to identify all of the different fragrance and flavor notes and see how well we did compared to the notes provided to us. Okay. Today, we... Wow. Way to interrupt my spiel while I'm talking, Jerry. Just try to turn this into a conversation. Today, we have a coffee from Norino, Colombia called Inga Aponte, and it's been roasted by Demelo Paeda Coffee Roasters here in Toronto, Ontario. Oh, so as per usual, Jerry, start us off with a little bit of a sniff, sniff. Toronto represent. Lebronto. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, so there's a there's a fruitiness to it. So I'm getting a bit of a fruitiness, but I'm also getting the thing that you always seem to always seem to get in the coffees, um, the chocolate. The chocolate. I, yeah, I think I think the chocolate is back for chocolate me. At, for, for, for me, at least. Yeah, chocolate is making a return. Um, yeah, it's get a little bit of a chocolate sweetness to it, but there's also a fruit with it too. I, I can't quite grasp what the fruit is yet. Okay. But there's uh, there's a fruity undertone. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Why don't you go ahead and give it a try? Sure, Jerry. All right. All right. Um. I'm getting like a uh, sort of like a candied sweetness. Okay. Like a like a Swedish berry sort of. Oh. Have you ever had those Swedish berries? Swedish. You must have had those before. Like lingonberries. No, not like lingonberries. They're not Swedish berry candies. Swedish berry candies, nope. Okay, so I'm getting some Swedish berry candies. <laughs> and uh no, I've never had that before. I'm getting like a See here's the thing. I don't smell the I don't smell the bit of that chocolateness. No, I don't smell that cocoa. It's because I, I'm getting a little creaminess from that. That's why I'm thinking it's kind of like chocolate. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah I'm not uh, I'm not getting much of any sort of like heavier notes. Like I'm not getting like creams or oh or chocolates or anything. I'm really just getting that 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 candied sweetness. Okay, a bit sour of a sour smell as well. Uh, maybe that could be more of like a um, more of like a sort of like a fresh fruit thing. All right. Not too sure though. I'm not getting into the sourness. Wow. But uh, let's do a taste test. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) What's with that face? (laughs) It's different. It's different from what I smelled. All right. Yeah. It's different from the fragrance. Okay. Okay. So I think 
there is a bit a bit of a raspberry in there okay but it's very subtle very okay. subtle raspberry um the chocolate i feel like it's still there but it's more of a darker cocoa now there's not not as much of a the creamy sort of like milk chocolatey thing it's okay. more of like a darker cocoa so i'm getting that and i'm getting yeah i'm getting the raspberry i'm getting that and i'm getting like um like a third thing but i'm not really sure what it is Floral. maybe maybe a fig but i'm not sure a fig maybe okay i don't know i think um <laughs> <laughs> why don't you give it a try sure go ahead victor sure Yep, still getting that um, that Swedish berry taste. Like it's like a sweet sort of like I think I'm gonna go along the lines of a raspberry as well on this one. Okay. Maybe I do now taste a hint of the cocoa in the back as well. Right. Like a like a eighty percent. Like it's yeah. like it's pretty dark. It's it's pretty dark. I would say seventy, eighty tops. And you're def- definitely getting a lot of sour. Okay. But I'm not too sure where what the sour would be from. Hmm. Well, that's really sour. Really? Oh uh, yeah. Not getting. I'm not getting the sour. I'm sipping this down like it's like like it's water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm looking. I'm like, <laughs> like this needs to accompany us in the comic segment. Yeah, we'll just put another one's fine. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. That's, that's the beauty of it. Um. I think sour could be. It's very reminiscent of like a like a star fruit. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. Now that you yeah. mention it, yeah, and I get it in my head now. Okay, yeah, you I taste can it now, of, right? Yeah, I can yeah. kind of taste it now. Yeah, it's there. Okay. So I'm gonna go with seventy to eighty percent dark chocolate, raspberry, and star fruit. Okay. Oh, see, yeah, that star fruit threw me off now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I'll, I'll go with my guesses. Uh, a choc- chocolate. Raspberry fig. Fig? Yeah. I All still right. feel like it's kind of there. Yeah? Yeah. You ready for the reveal? Let's do it. All right. Let's see what we get here. So the notes say that there is chocolate. Oh. Red grape. Oh. And passion fruit. Hmm. Hmm. See, passion oh. fruit. Hmm. <laughs> see the red grape I can I can see now like yeah. we're close yeah we're close we're close we're closer close. than we have been the past three weeks yeah <laughs> closer than floral that's for sure yeah we're yeah. closer than floral <laughs> but um, passion fruit I don't know I, I don't I haven't had passion fruit enough to really yeah me too to really the understand. only time I've ever had passion fruit is in like bubble tea yeah yeah basically and <laughs> yeah. it's like super sweet right so <laughs> I think, to this day if you show me what a like the passion fruit I would I would never guess that it's a passion fruit I sort of really know what it looks like <laughs> if somebody says passion fruit you just think of the bubble tea yeah <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like okay it's a great flavor it's, it's a great bubble tea flavor uh, you know what I'm I'm happy with with what we came out with this week you know it's not too bad yeah yeah not too bad yeah. like I find that um, that this uh, this particular coffee and the balance of its flavors is really good yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed this week's coffee. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, because you there's you get a hint of everything, but nothing's overwhelming. Yeah, right. But then they they all complement each other. So yeah, I like exactly. it. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Good coffee. I might have to go make a second cup now. I think I think you will. Yeah, I'm, I'm a few sips in, but I think you're done. So, almost, almost. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So okay. So why don't we go brew a second cup, and then uh, we'll we'll come back and we'll talk about DC Nation. Let's do it. 
And we're at the comic segment. Uh, in this segment, what we usually do is we take a book or a series of books and we break it down, we analyze, and we discuss them. Um, and we just sort of go through the themes and whatnot. Uh, today's book is going to be DC Nation number zero. This book had just come out last week. It's um, it's kind of a kickstart to a summer of events, they call it, and it's uh, it's a multitude of different things that are happening. Um, so as you know, as you may know or you may not know, Batman's getting married soon. Uh, Batman and Catwoman. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Batman's getting married soon. Um, the DC uh, Dark Knight's Metal event had just finished, and there's some big revelations at the end of that. Um, so that sort of ties into this story which kicks off the next series of big things that are happening because Scott Snyder is heading over to to do Justice League um, and then in Superman uh, Brian Michael Bendis had just come over from Marvel and he's writing his um, it's, it's sort of his second Superman story here which leads directly into his miniseries The uh, Man of Steel so that is what's happening in that. So there's three small short stories in this book. It's called DC Nation Number Zero. If you go to your comic shops, it's probably it's out there for like twenty five cents uh, because they really wanted to get this out to everybody. So there's going to be a lot out there. If you go to comicsology.com, this book is for free, so you can download it for free. Um, yeah. So the first one we're going to cover is called Batman in Your Big Day. Uh, it's written by Tom King with art by Clay Mann. Colors by Jordi Belair and letters by Clayton Cowles. Um, so it's a pretty simple story. It's a simple eight-pager story, eight-page story, um, and it's basically it takes place in this random person's house. So Joker has shown up, and he's in the house, and uh, poor Roger, <laughs> <laughs> poor Mister Roger Martello. <laughs> yeah, poor Roger, because Roger is just having his world turned upside down. Because Joker just decided to find just one day just show up. Um, so the premise of the story is they sit there and Joker knows that Batman's getting married. And Joker believes that he is a very important part of Batman's life. So he should be getting an invite to this wedding. And uh, the way that he operates is everything everything in his life, every, the way he operates is all based on chaos. So he believes that at some point, somewhere, like sometime, somewhere, an invite's going to be sent to him. So that day at Roger's house was his version <laughs> of sometime, somewhere. So he shows up to this poor guy's house and he says, hey, when do you get your mail? Because maybe my invite's in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why is it? Why would it come here? <laughs> oh, well, first thing I want to say, man, the artwork on this issue or in this short story is so good. Yeah. Clay man, yeah. so good. Like, just the amount of detail that's drawn just on the Joker alone. So good. Right? So good. And I, yeah. I really enjoy or really like the way that um that Clay drew the Joker in this issue as well. Yeah. Like it's a very like it's a very modern, cool Joker. Like yeah. you, you look at Joker and say, like, man, that Joker he's, It's modern, he's but cool. then it's it's a modern look at Joker, but it's also a very disturbing look at him too. Oh yeah, right? yeah. Some of the panels and the way that he's drawn is just mind blowing. There was that one. There was that one part where Joker tells a joke. <laughs> so he he tells Roger a joke about <laughs> um about like a letter missing a stamp. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't know. He's like, and eh, you wouldn't get it. 
<laughs> and, and he just gives him this look. It just keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> and that look, that particular panel, insane. I saw that floating around on Twitter for the last few weeks already because yeah. um, I know that Clayman and I know like um, Tom King likes to share a lot of like the in-progress stuff on yeah. Twitter. So I saw that panel. I was like, there's got to be context to this because this is really freaky looking. Yeah. It's a really freaky looking Joker. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I find that... Um, I find that a lot of um, iterations of Joker now is is very influenced by um, the look of Jared Leto's Joker. Have mm-hmm. you noticed that? I've noticed that. Yeah, like yeah. it's very like just that, just a just a high top sh- uh, like shaven on the sides and yeah. like the slick back or just the hair hanging. Even in Justice Two, Joker looks very much like Jared Leto, Leto's Joker. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, in a way. In a way. There's more of that uh, classy look to him now. Yeah, very suave. Um, yeah, very suave. Um, and I think, I think that's my intention. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's intended to be based off of what Jerry Little. Did. No, no, no. I exactly. think it's more so they're trying to just sort of like um, clean up his act, clean up his craziness a little <laughs> bit, um, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a little because sometimes you you don't really expect that from the Joker. Yeah. You almost expect a little. You almost expect way more chaos out of him. Yeah. So it is a different look. But uh, it's nice. And especially because Clayman can just draw the heck out of that guy. Yeah. It's amazing. And um, whenever you look at his, like, even some of the Joker suits now, like, fuck, they're so... Oh, excuse my language. Wow. Some of his... Uh, <laughs> some of his uh, his suits look so good. Yeah. Like, so good. So very good. And it's... Uh, just... Yeah, the way that it's... I don't know. They're just doing a really fantastic job with it. Um, and Jordi Belair just done a fantastic job on the colors. Really oh yeah, colors are making spot on. Um, because it, when it because it takes place in sort of like a in a normal looking house. Yeah. So they have to kind of um, they have to find a way for him to stand out in this normality. Yeah. So the colors is really what brings that character out. Well, I think what makes the Joker stand out visually in this particular story is just the fact that everything is so normal mm-hmm. if that does that make any sense like everything is like there's nothing that's out of the like you said nothing out of the ordinary like it's really just norm like it's it's normal like yeah. it, it looks like you like it's you walked into like somebody's house and that's mm-hmm. it right and then there and then there's joker <laughs> <laughs> and he's just there and he's just there <laughs> which is um which i think they did a really good job of yeah yeah for sure um, okay, so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, um, is be- I think it's because we had just come out, um, although Rebirth has been going for a while now, but we had just come out of the New 52's version of the Joker as well, yep. right? And that that Joker played a really prominent part um, in the overall mythos of Batman because the way that they had structured it is Joker seeing himself as a as a knight, essentially for or um like a servant of batman right okay. he, his sole purpose is to make batman better right because he believes that batman is the king of gotham and joker is his jester and he's there to make him better and he's there to yeah to take him through his journey right so yeah. what the joker is trying to do in that story this is from um uh this is basically from death in the family yeah um or death of the family it's uh, he's there trying to break apart the Bat family 
because mm-hmm. he's trying to tell Batman that you don't need these guys. Yeah. These guys make you weak. You're supposed to be this immortal symbol of Batman. Yeah. Right. So from that story, based on that story's sort of comprehension of Joker and what it's trying to portray the Joker as, in this story, when you see that the Joker is now looking for sort of looking for signs of whether or not he's still important mm-hmm. to Batman, right? Anytime the Joker goes on, um, no matter how chaotic, no matter how random his acts of violence are, yeah. Batman is always there to foil him. Yeah. It's always there to stop him. And I think the big reveal in this story is that the Joker went through this entire story waiting around sitting in Roger's house. Yeah. And then waiting for this invitation to come. And then ultimately doing what he did to, to Roger. Um, poor kind, Roger. Yeah, poor Roger. Poor Roger. <laughs> shows that he's no longer in Batman's plans. Mm, okay. Right? That Batman has become too occupied, again, with the same idea of a family. Yeah. Batman has become too occupied in trying to slow down that he had sort of left this menace in the city. Yeah. And Joker doesn't feel like he's important anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, when he gotten, when he got the invitation, and uh, so this part's going to be spoiler because, you know, that's how we can talk about it. When he got the invitation, quote unquote, <laughs> quote unquote, quote unquote yeah. invitation, and he goes like, "Oh, I don't know what to get the happy couple, blah blah blah," and then he eventually, he's like, "You know, when I'm happy, I kill." Yeah. But before he had said that, when I'm upset, I kill. Yeah. Right? Which goes hand in hand, and this is this is what he received. Yeah. He says he's happy, he kills, and he kills Roger. Then you see that it wasn't an invitation; it was just Roger's, like it was um, his daughter's school. Yeah, that has sent a letter out. Yeah, about like uh, being late to school. Mm-hmm. So that's the confirmation at the end that no matter what Joker does now, he's not a part of what Batman is trying to foil anymore. Right, like he's no longer a concern for Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that is that sort of puts on display the type of relationship they have now. Is that Batman no longer is there trying to like he's become too preoccupied with his own life that yeah. he, he's not there protecting the city hmm that's interesting I mean I agree with that <laughs> I 100% agree with that um I also think that um I mean I know it's Batman and he probably has ways to always keep tabs on the Joker um but I feel like it was also just too random you know I mean like it's just so random like it's it's so mm-hmm. jo- it's so Joker it's so random like there's a reason why the Joker is always a reoccurring villain in Batman. Right? Yeah. I mean, on top of obviously being like his number one enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because the stuff that he does is so random. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to to really stay ahead of the Joker. You can't. Yeah. Or you can't. Right. And and this is a, a good example of that. Right. Um, especially because the Joker pretty much already knew the wedding details. He knew who he was marrying. He knew where and when it was going to be whatever the case was. Right. But he decides to go and do this to poor Roger anyway. <laughs> yeah, and right? I think and I think that's the big thing is he doesn't need the details. Yeah. He just wanted to know if he was still important. Yeah. The invite wasn't I, I don't think the invite in this particular story meant a physical invite. Yeah. I think the invite meant is Batman going to show up and despite the things that are happening in Batman's life, is Batman going to show up and show the Joker that he's still important? Right. Right? 
Um, that that's kind of where I see the invite being. Right. There was never going to be a physical invite. Yeah, of course not. Right. Yeah. So his version of what an invite is is, are you still going to invite me in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's deep. You know, poor Joker. Poor. <laughs> poor Roger. Yeah. This well, is a it, sad story. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's a pretty sad story because, I mean, poor Roger. He has done nothing wrong in his life. He's just a victim of circumstance. Right? Yeah. Um, and poor Joker because. Based on the history of what we know of the Joker and what the Joker tried to establish with his connection with Batman, yeah, it's almost like he's just lost now. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't know what he needs to do. So he says, "I kill when I'm upset. I kill when I'm happy." He doesn't know. Yeah. He just kills. Yeah. Right. But whereas before, I feel like him killing had a purpose. Right. Right. Which is to get the Batman's attention to make him sharper. Right. To to improve Batman. Yeah. as a protector of Gotham so in this story yeah it's a, it's a really sad story for both characters coming to the realization that I, like sort of their importance is done like yeah. their importance has come to an end but you know that Joker is gonna make a splash oh for sure yeah he's, he's going to make to... a splash in a big big way and, <laughs> and this is obviously what um, what this what Tom King is trying to yeah really get across in this in this short story is like hey listen like Joker he's 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 crashing the wedding. Yeah, for sure. He's crashing the wedding one hundred percent, right? Um, though, hmm, I don't know. I'm I'm interested in seeing where the story goes. Yeah, because I mean, there's at this point, there's a lot of different ways that this can go, right? Because in this short story, Joker says, "Oh, you know, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be me, the bride, and the groom." So. Is he aware of the details? Does he know where and when everything is going to happen? Or is it just Joker being Joker and he's just saying this stuff? Um, I guess preemptively, right? I think he knows where it's going to happen. Yeah. For sure. It's not a lot of stuff get by him, too. Right? So he's, he's cunning. So um, Joker's making that splash, man. <laughs> Steph Curry for three. <laughs> um, but I think... It's it's interesting because it's an interesting time for the Joker to step in in this story. Yeah. And I think he has to be the most important because there's been a lot of buildup over the last few months um, that, um, for example, once it was announced that they were going to get married, like, well, Batman proposed and she said yes. Yeah. Because Batman had proposed prior to uh, the War of Jokes and Riddles. Um, yeah. And then at the end of that story arc is when Catwoman tells him, he's like, I don't care what has happened. Uh, my answer is yes so at the end of that there goes a series of a bunch of sort of short stories two-parters one-parter stuff like that yeah going through each person's kind of reaction to it so yeah. there was a story on them going to go tell Ta- uh, talia and then so talia knows now um, yeah wonder woman knows right and it, there was that, that two-parter story um of them being stuck in the the other realm fighting mm-hmm. demons yeah uh, just sort of stepping in for the gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. So that story was fun. But um that story was good too. It had a lot of hidden messages about the type of person like the type of people Batman and Catwoman are. Yeah. Um and then they go with a super fan story with, with uh Superman's reaction essentially. Right. And then there was the Poison Ivy's mm-hmm. story, right? Um no matter which characters they are, at the very end, the most important person you have to get by is the Joker. Yeah, because he he essentially for me makes or breaks Batman's legacy, mm-hmm. right? He is he is the ultimate goal, 
Yeah. Right. And he he's kind of the balancing act too for Batman. So I feel like his involvement in the wedding is essentially trumps all the other characters. Yeah. It has to be it's, it has to be crucial to the story. Exactly. It has to be. Yeah. Um though I mean here's the other thing too. It's like I mean he Batman must know that Joker will would would find out. Will and would find out. Mm-hmm. So then it's just like, wouldn't you just beef up security <laughs> for the wedding? <laughs> like, have it somewhere where, like, there's no way Joker can get to it. Like, have it on the it's... watchtower. <laughs> like, how's Joker getting to the watchtower? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But that's the thing. It's, I, I don't know. See, like, I feel like he would know. But I also feel like he may not. Because he's probably so deep into it. Yeah. That he's not looking out for that. But then that's not Batman. Like either. if he doesn't seek out the Joker, Joker probably won't seek him out, because the Joker is, as far as I think Batman knows, like Batman's always trying to follow Joker's plan, yeah, to like wreak havoc on the city, yeah, right. So I don't, I don't know if he he would imagine that Joker will come after him if he just takes this moment by himself to like do a wedding. Yeah, but you know he will. We all know he will. It's the Joker. <laughs> It's the Joker. Just have it on the watchtower. <laughs> that would be the safest. Yeah. That would be the safest. You're in space. You know, there's no way. <laughs> unless Joker hacks into the system. I was just going to say, yeah. What if he but, hacks But it? then it's just like, but then you're walking into the entire Justice League at that point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, what do you do as the Joker against that? <laughs> he just shows up. He's like, well, hello. Yeah. Hello. Superman, don't kill me yet. Like, listen, <laughs> I just let's not let's not do injustice just yet. <laughs> just want to say congratulations. Here's a grenade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's one of those things where like you kind of have to just just roll with the story. Just yeah, just roll with it. See what happens. See where yeah. Joker ends up. Right. Yeah. But based on this story, I'm really interested to see Joker's reaction to the wedding at the wedding because. Yeah. I think the messaging that's going to be put out there for how Joker reacts is going to be really important for the character moving forward, because if this is um, if this is kind of how they're portraying Joker moving forward, yeah, then it needs to be a strong messaging about where where his head where his head is at, yeah, because um, based on based on the new Fifty Two's version of the Joker, and if this this is kind of different from that Joker, right, a little bit, but if we're taking that as a continuity, because you kind of have to because Scott Snyder made DC Metal happen yeah. and that's in direct continuity to New 52. Yeah. So if you're taking that into consideration, then how Joker reacts will be pretty similar to what we got from New 52. Imagine he just shows up in a wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> take me, Batman, take me. <laughs> Let me be a bride instead. <laughs> that would be a crazy be, twist. Yeah, that, oh, that'd be so crazy. <laughs> and I would, I would give Tom King five standing ovations out of five <laughs> out of five yeah yeah <laughs> so um yeah i mean that's basically what i got from the story that's basically what i thought about that joker story yeah um, i think yeah i think me and you were pretty much along the same lines on that one yeah 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 good story love tom king love clay man yeah really good clay man for me like my first thing that i read from clay man was uh ninjack yeah, when when he did, he was part of that sort of like a restart to Alien Universe back yeah. like maybe like five six years ago, mm-hmm. however long, and uh, he started on um, Ninjak with uh, with Matt Kent, and yeah. at the time I did I, I had like you know hadn't 
seen much of Clayman's stuff, and then I saw it there, and I was like, this is amazing. This guy can draw. <laughs> this guy can draw. And I met him at a con a few times, and he's yeah. a good guy. He's a, yeah. he's a cool dude. So, yeah. Um, so that's the Joker. Um, that's a Joker story called Batman in Your Big Day. Um, so moving on to the second story, it is called Superman in Office Space. Um, and it's written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez on pencils and Dexter Vines with inks. Colors by Alex Sinclair and letters by Josh Reed. What did you think of this book? Huh. It's it's starting from a very starting from a very strange point in the story okay right in my opinion right because i mean you're you're reading the story and you're you're sort of getting the message that i guess that's trying to come across you know what i mean like of course you know superman great guy let's not put anything negative in our headlines whatever right um and then they bring up lois I mean, there's a lot of things going on in, in, in this particular short story yep. uh, that you have a lot of questions for, right? Um, and obviously, I think that was the intention leading into um, Man of Steel number one, right? Uh, but it, it, it wasn't questions where I where I was like, oh, I have to read the story now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I could, I could, I read the short story, I was like, okay, that's cool, and I may or I may not pick up Man of Steel number one based on this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Bendis' work, right? Um, but I just think that there's just too many unknown factors that were introduced into this story that um, made it a little too much and a little too confusing for me. Yeah. But that was my interpretation of it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I really liked... I really like the way Bendis writes. Yeah. But in this story, like for example, his um his story that was in uh, Action Action 1000. Yeah. That was really well that was, done. That was a good I one. liked the banter in that. Yeah. I liked uh, the the portrayal of the characters. I liked the new mystery that's coming up with um with what they're trying to do with the history of Krypton. Yeah. But with this one, I felt like right away he tried to establish a a tone. Yeah. Uh, which is that Superman Superman in itself is not a dark character. So yeah. he's not he's not like Batman, as Bendis puts it. He's yeah. not like Batman. He hasn't done anything to make you think he's going to do that. Uh, all he has done is brought hope and all he has done is trying to to help the city and trying to, you know, help progress and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Trying to protect the city. Um so right away that's that's his tone. And he wrote that using using uh Perry White's voice. Yeah. Right? Um so we know that Lois is gone. We know that Perry White is looking for anybody to step up. Mm-hmm. So Clark Kent comes back with um, with a story. Yeah. And he sort of sells him the story, right? Yeah. Um, and then Perry says, uh, oh, why don't you take over uh, Lois's office and stuff like that? And then you see this awkward exchange and then they're just like, no, I don't want the office, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it's it's kind of weird because during those moments, you see some inner monologue stuff from uh, just like inner thoughts from Superman yeah from Clark Kent yeah those make it sound like he's still alien to those characters yeah to the other characters in the story yeah he he talks about like oh this is how he's like oh this is I'm you know I gotta understand like I gotta remind myself this is what 
him having my back means. Yeah. Oh, it's like, uh, oh, humans are amazing. But but like, but you know this. Yeah. You you know this, Clark. Like you you're you grew up in Smallville. Yeah. Like you you know about human nature, right? Yeah. Pa and Ma are like that. So it's weird that that's the tone. Then he decided to couple with. From the very beginning, Superman is not dark. Superman all this time has been trying to protect us and stuff like that. Yeah. But then to have Clark Kent still sound kind of alien. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it was kind of a conflict of interest. So I'm not really sure where they're going with it. Yeah. Because then Clark gets upset, goes on the roof, flies off. I'm assuming trying to do something else and then get another story for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it seems weird because it, it seems like Clark is not in... A happy place like he's not in his right headspace no right and it's it just seems like he's trying to make up for something yeah you know what i mean like it's it's almost as if like it almost it seems like almost as if he's failed at something and like this is him trying to redeem himself in some sort of strange way like mm-hmm. whatever that is i don't know we'll find out in man of steel number one yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah uh but it was just it's just a for me it's a strange way to to introduce a story right yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was weird um, and then there was the whole idea with uh, with the new character Robinson Good yeah um, you don't know what she does and she has said that she hasn't told anybody what she does yeah but it's it's kind of weird like she just came out of nowhere and it's like oh I'm going to run the place it's like okay so is this going to be a story about the Daily Planet or is this a story about the Man of Steel or is she like the new Amanda Waller like what's yeah <laughs> what's the deal here right because it's very like is this going to be corporate espionage? Are they trying to yeah. take down the Daily Planet? Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> you get that corporate espionage type feel to yeah. what they're trying to do with a story, right? And yeah. It, for me, it's like okay when I when I go to the shop and I'm gonna buy the story called Man of Steel. Yeah. Like I'm not looking for corporate espionage. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of a weird. I mean, obviously, that's not the goal of the story. There's going to be obviously... Yeah, there's got to be other things to it. There's obviously going to be a bigger threat than corporate espionage. (laughs) But But, again, it's just a strange way to... to... As the first story, the first foray into that that arc, I felt like it was kind of weird. It's like, I don't want to, like... If if this is how we're going to start off, I don't know if I want to read that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm not about reading... Like, if I wanted to read that... Or or whatever, I would just go watch a, a 007 movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, or I'd go watch yeah. Suicide Squad again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It 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 will really depend on where the story goes from here. I think uh, maybe a couple issues in, then you start to see it. I mean, it's a six issue mini, so maybe yeah. they just had to put every story like like every sort of thread in there right away. Yeah. So then they'll let it manifest throughout the the arc. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see how that's, this goes. Yeah, but that's um basically what I'm getting from the story is sort of they're trying to re- they're trying to return Superman from sort of this dark interpretation in popular media today so like in other mediums like uh, movies yeah. and stuff like that yeah. TV shows and they're trying to restore him back into the light and this is like Bendis way of saying like no guys stop don't listen to that this is how Superman would be portrayed type of thing like as a moody character yeah <laughs> dark moody character dark moody character I need more stories <laughs> <laughs> yeah so <laughs> it just can't yeah it comes at a really weird time because Rebirth had done such a good job already bringing Superman back yeah in terms of uh, his comic comic interpretation yeah so it's weird that Bendis is sort of going the extra mile trying to do it again yeah yeah 
but uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. I yeah. do like Bendis' writing. Yeah, I'm not sure about the direction of the story, but his writing is good. So yeah, I'll leave it to that. Yeah, well, we'll give the story obviously the benefit that it out. Exactly. That, right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. So yeah, any final thoughts on that story? We'll just have to wait we'll and see how it turns wait. out. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, why don't we move on to the third story? Uh, the third and last story of DC Nation, which is called um, the Justice League and No Justice Prelude, because it's um, it's a four week, uh, weekly series called No Justice mm-hmm. by Scott Snyder. Yeah, and that's going to come out. I believe that's coming out. Um, if you're listening to this on a Tuesday, it's coming out tomorrow. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday, you can just after this just go to the shop, pick it up, yeah, pick it up. No Justice is coming out. Um, so this story, The Justice League and No Justice Prelude, is uh, written by Scott Snyder, uh, James Tynion IV, Joshua Williamson, with art by Jorge Jimenez, colors by Alejandro Sanchez, and letters by Anne World Design. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool name. It is Anne a pretty, cool yeah. pretty cool name. Pretty cool name. So the idea in this story is called... Um, it's called... Uh, it, it's It's based on the source wall. So the idea is that from Dark Knight's Metal, they had broken down the fourth, uh, the the source wall. Yeah, they're at the edge of the multiverse. Broke down the source wall, and uh, and now there's this entire, there's an entire new sort of like a sandbox for things to happen. Yeah, right. Um, so so, what what do you think about what they're trying to do in this story? Because they they have broken up into four teams, and it's kind of. You can kind of understand the team composition, but it's also kind of random. Yeah, it seems very convoluted at this point in time, right? A little bit, right? Only yeah. because, like, it, again, it's 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 one of those stranger t- introductions where they're throwing you into the middle of the story first before they bring you back into the beginning from issue one, right? It's o- it's almost like you have all these things happening, and then you, and then you hear Batman's voice. So you're probably wondering how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> Just freeze frame. <laughs> but um but yeah, I think I, I mean there's a, there's a lot of action there to try and um catch the reader's attention. Uh certainly um a lot of uh strange things happening all at once just to sort of uh I guess add questions into the reader's mind. Yeah, like what's what's Lex Luthor doing with Batman? Why why are they working with uh, why are they working with all these villains all of a sudden, right? And um, it it really is uh, it's action packed, but it's 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 a little confusing at the same time. A little bit, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I I think if if I were to put into into short terms, yeah, that's that's what it would be for me. Yeah, 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 for sure. But. Uh... Even though it's like action packed right now, it's kind of convoluted. The action so well done. Jorge yeah. Jimenez can oh, really yeah. draw. That oh, guy yeah. is really good. Oh yeah. Um. So all the all the action stuff is all very smooth and and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's kind of cool that they broke it down into like four different teams. And yeah. uh, there's kind of a common consistency to each of the team. Yeah. Um. So it's uh it, yeah it's a it's a great way to sort of introduce a bunch of like new characters to like and how they would react to each other and stuff yeah. like that yeah and uh it also kind of goes to show like when when the heroes really have to work with the villains to this type of scale yeah then you you sort of you can sort of guess at what type of 
threat level they're they're dealing with. Right? Yeah, so it's, uh, but it's always like that though, right? Like the threat level is always high. Yeah, in yeah, in, yeah. in a Justice League issue, it's always high. Yeah. But right? they, I don't think they've ever had to really work with the villains to the scale uh, to stop a, not to stop a threat. Not in not in the sense of comics i don't think not to my knowledge anyway i know they they've done that in like a few video games um but um in the comics not to my knowledge not recently at least anyway yeah exactly right? not recently yeah uh but you know the, the threat's always huge in 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 any sort of justice league yeah you know what i mean like last last like their last story metal it was a pretty huge threat <laughs> yeah that's, pretty yeah. huge threat if you ask me right it's just that at, at this point they're deciding to um they're deciding to team up with the villains, even though again, it's the multiverse is a threat is is a threat of whatever anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just as it was, it was being threatened in metal. <laughs> uh, but these um, uh, these cosmic entities is is an interesting sort of villain now, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. I don't know if they're good or evil. Hard to say. Right. But um, the introduction of the cosmic entities to me is uh, is interesting, and it reminds me very much of Marvel's um, of Marvel's cosmic entities, yeah, like Galactus and and the Void and stuff like that, right? So perhaps maybe DC is borrowing a little bit from that. Who knows? A little bit because they look like the um, they look like the Marvel Celestials. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and those Celestials play like a pretty big role. Like I remember reading it. And there was the um, the Celestials in uh, Fantastic Four. Yeah, and that was that was insane. So I'm wondering if this is somewhere on a similar scale. Yeah, because these are these are enemies that they have never encountered before. And I think yeah. moving forward, all the things they encounter will be things that you've never encountered before. Yeah. Um, and the idea in this story for um for breaking down the source wall is because uh, once they break down the wall, lies beyond it is this cosmic essence that is the source of all that exists yeah um so now once they shattered it uh and i think they mentioned in there that aquaman has said it's like pouring their fishbowl of what they know into this into a sea into the sea basically right and and that that's really interesting because they're now going to encounter all the things that they've never thought would be possible to exist yeah Right, because they've always been sort of trapped in this in their regular multiverse, which is vast yeah. on its own. Yeah, in the regular multiverse of what they believe through their logic and understanding, yeah. what should and shouldn't exist. Yeah, they're now going to be encountering beings that lies beyond their logic. Yeah, so it's interesting because like within the past couple of months, DC has really introduced a lot of new things. Yeah, multiverse wise. Um, and it's uh, and it's really changing a lot of our understanding of the DC universe, right? Yeah. So of course we had the the fifty two, right? And then there was the negative fifty two from the dark multiverse, mm-hmm. and then now they've completely shattered the source wall, and then are, so does that mean are they going to completely change up the idea of fifty two mul- of the fifty two uh, Earths now? Like what's uh, like there's there's a lot of things that uh, that that can be changed now because of this. Yeah. Right could there be possibly now infinite earths right yeah. Infi- infinite iterations now like we don't know right but i think that's part of what makes this story so good is or what makes it 
or what makes um, uh, No Justice seem like it's going to be a good story yeah is that uh, the possibilities do seem like it's going to be endless yeah for sure for moving sure. forward so yeah it'll be it'll be fun too because I think a lot of a lot of artists will have like a really fun time de- redesigning or designing yeah. brand new um, just brand new threats yeah. well not even threats maybe even heroes like heroes that lie beyond the source wall yeah right so that would be really interesting too yeah the way they drew the uh, the cosmic entities was pretty cool yeah, yeah they, they look they look very all powerful <laughs> you know who the guy in the front kind of reminds me of though hmm. um, <laughs> a little bit if you like kind of minus the horns at the top okay uh, you, you know um, Zed from Power Rangers oh <laughs> 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 I see. You do you see it? I see it. A little bit, right? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a little bit of Zed from Power Rangers in it. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Especially with the staff. Yeah, exactly with the staff, and then that's kind of his color theme, right? For Zed. What it, what it reminds me of is uh, Pacific Rim. Uh, yeah, a little bit, right? The guys in the back for sure. Like just like four Jaegers just show up. <laughs> We're here to kill these kaiju's. <laughs> like, no wrong universe <laughs> where the guy choose at <laughs> and it's like and it's just Superman or just Batman shows up it's like I, I, me I guess it's so funny because then you, you see Supergirl the size of her in comparison to these four entities yeah and then she's just like oh oh boy <laughs> yeah that's um. but yeah in that story it shows shows that it was a diversion right yeah. That they're at the source wall, but they already left that. They're like, nah, forget it. And then they came all the way to Earth already. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it'll it's, be interesting. It's kind of it's going to be interesting to see how the Justice League is going to handle yeah something at, at this caliber. Yeah, right? for sure, for sure. Because at this point, you you can these beings are considered something beyond strength, right? Like you can't just punch your way out of these guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I think you'll see that attempted right from the get go. Oh yeah, that's why sure. Supergirl is there, right? Yeah, Supergirl's gonna try to punch her way out of it. But, yeah, uh, and there's there's no way, right? Yeah. These are these are beings that are beyond, like you said, just beyond normal comprehension. Yeah, right. So it's it'll be interesting to see how um how the Justice League tackles these guys because they look. <laughs> it looks like they can do some damage <laughs> <laughs> but like if you if you think about kind of like Scott Snyder's like track record with how he has his heroes deal with villains yeah. you know it's gonna be something just bananas yeah they, just, <laughs> just from what like the despair you saw in Dark Knight's Metal yeah. and then how he's resolved that at the end you're like this is insane you just came up with brand new medals <laughs> like they're just gonna beat these guys with hope that's what's gonna happen oh there's too much hope oh, we can't even survive <laughs> go back to the source wall now <laughs> quick we must hide beyond hope but yeah it's it's gonna be interesting yeah. and it and it's cool too cause then um, the book will be out soon uh, by the time you listen to this it should be out already yeah. if not out tomorrow my, so, my um, prediction is that yeah. they don't they don't defeat these guys uh, they but, they, but they come to some sort of understanding with them uh, and then and then the cosmic entities are going to continue to play a big role in, in into DC multiverse moving forward almost like um, almost like the Celestials or the Watchers yeah. for from Marvel yeah exactly thing, right? exactly could be if this is how they're introducing that type of cosmic entity that would be fun yeah because so far the only real cosmic things that you're seeing is from the Green Lanterns right yeah so it'd be cool to kind of get this perspective on it too. Get kind of a and these guys are and, and these take. guys are even bigger than that. 
Oh yeah, for right? sure. Right. So yeah, yeah. so we'll see. Uh, we'll see which direction um, these entities will go. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, any final thoughts on Justice League? Can't wait to read it. Yeah, <laughs> cannot wait to read it. Scott Snyder, you've got my money, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to read it. Um, his No Justice stuff is going to be coming out. Um, by the time you. By the time you uh, listen to this, um, it's going to be, I believe it's him and Francis Manipal that's going to be on No Justice. Oh, yeah. Francis Manipal, <laughs> yeah, baby. It's going to be good. I believe it's him because I think once the four-week week, um, weekly series is done, then Justice League is going to start back at number one. Yeah. And that's I believe that's him and this guy uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, with Jorge Jimenez. Yeah. So I believe... Yeah, Francis is doing the four the four parter. Yeah, and then when the series starts again, it's Jorge. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be cool. It's fantastic artists, really oh, yeah. good artist choice. Oh yeah, for this type of story. You can't. Well, to be fair, you can't give Scott Snyder bad artists. You can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, like you better give somebody <laughs> that has a good track record to him. Yeah. Because you know his stories are gonna be they're, yeah. they're gonna be spicy. Yeah, <laughs> and also like not so much like bad artists, but you can't give him artists that can't tackle cosmic stuff yeah um because i think at this point you have to give him artists that can really make use of like fantastic use of colors uh you know has real good fluidity and stuff like that like you you have to give him artists that fits the bill yeah um depending on the type of story he's writing right Mm -hmm. so yeah um so yeah i think that that about wraps up our sort of analysis of DC Nation number zero I think it's a great success of a book oh yeah um, and it's really gonna set up some really interesting events down the road at least two of the three stories for sure I'm looking forward to yeah two of the three <laughs> stories I'm looking forward to Bendis' stuff I'm looking forward to his action comics more than I am Man of Steel yeah because I don't think based on what I'm seeing from Man of Steel I don't think that's the type of story I'm looking to read for Superman right now mm-hmm. um, but whereas action comics Although it's kind of like, oh, another uh, sort of like uh, secret origin type thing or mystery origin type thing. Yeah. It's still interesting to see. And I wanted to kind of see uh, Bendis' take on that, right? Yeah. With this sort of office drama stuff, I'm not sure if that's the type of thing I'm looking for in my Superman story. Yeah. Now, if you had if you had maybe done a story called, instead of called uh, Man of Steel, you called it like Lois and Clark. Yeah very different yeah then this is the type of stuff I'm looking for yeah right and maybe this will then have a bigger appeal to me yeah yeah for sure. but for sure the other two stories absolutely can't wait oh yeah it's just gonna be fantastic stuff oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay so um we're gonna wrap up the um the comic segment and we're gonna go ahead and go to our uh, offering to dark side segment where we offer you something that we find very interesting and we hope that you will too offerings to dark side here we go and we're at the offerings to dark side segment in this segment what we do is we take something that's outside of the world of comics and outside of the world of coffee and we offer it to you our listeners and we hope that you will enjoy it as well as much as we do because as much as our life is dominated by comics and coffee i guess we have interest in other things too so we hope you like them as much as we do um this week we're still going to let victor go wow. first it's... because i value your opinion victor do you i value your opinion you do eh um and i want to know what you want to offer it doesn't seem because, that way sometimes uh, well <laughs> that's that's unfortunate but 
Well, this week, Jerry. Yep. I know I'm a little late on this one, but uh, I would like to offer the comedian Bill Burr. Okay. Uh, I've actually haven't heard his stuff up until very recently. Yeah. Uh, he's so funny, man. So funny. So hilarious. And and the reason why he's so funny is, I mean, the world that we live in right now, it's it's a very politically correct world, which is fine. Like, I'm, I'm cool with that, right? I yeah. feel like, you know, everybody should deserve respect and, and, and everybody should, you know, be viewed... In, in the be most, a little more cognitive. Be more yeah, it'd be, in the, it'd be stuff, open right? about yeah, everything, yeah, for right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but he <laughs> he plays devil's advocate to a lot of that stuff. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, there's one there's one where he's talking about domestic violence. Yeah, he was saying like, I'm not saying that we should hit a woman. We shouldn't. But why can't we ask questions? <laughs> why does it automatically always have to be the guy's fault? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So things like that and. And I think that's why his brand of comedy is, is so hilarious. Yeah. Um, he kind of challenges the norm. He and does. It makes you think about it, right? He does, yeah. yeah. So he has a couple of specials on Netflix right now. So definitely you know, check that out for sure. Yeah. Um, again, my uh, offering for this week is Bill Burr, the comedian. <laughs> and I think we're kind of going to, I guess, plug his... Uh, his podcast a little bit so you know he has a podcast yeah right? yeah yeah it's called monday morning podcast yeah pretty funny stuff yeah and uh if you if you watch a lot of his comedy specials or like his interviews and stuff like that he, he has a lot of stuff on conan o'brien yeah that's just hilarious yeah <laughs> uh, but if you watch that stuff you listen to the you know his specials and you can't get enough uh he does have a podcast as well called monday morning podcast that's it check it it's out pretty man. funny check stuff. it out pretty funny stuff um so what i'm gonna offer this week um, is a website called or a website slash blog it's called uh, Fit Men Cook okay so it's by it's by um, a guy his name is uh, Kevin Curry mm-hmm. so he built this thing um, and he basically has his blog and he has a whole bunch of recipes on there yeah and he also has an app so you can have sort of easier access to like the recipes and stuff yeah and it's all it's all really healthy but simple healthy recipes yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. It's really fun, and there's a lot of really cool stuff that you can um, that you can make from it. Yeah, and he keeps things lively, keeps things fresh, and his videos are really fun because he's just so enthusiastic and he's so passionate yeah. about what he does. Right. Yeah. Um, and he basically uh, went through sort of a transformational phase, and you know, with yeah. himself, and uh, because he had found himself to be overweight and unhealthy and stuff like that. Yeah. So he had decided to. Because he had tried a bunch of different things and none of those working, so he had decided to to take up culin, um, you know, culinary and just sort of uh, transform the way he goes about having food yeah. in the kitchen and just changing it up for himself. Yeah, and it has become a huge success. Yeah, um, it's featured on pretty much it's featured everywhere. Yeah, like on Men's Health, featured in Bed App Store Best of, featured on things like uh, BuzzFeed. Kelly region whatever all that stuff yeah <laughs> Huffington Post everywhere so it's featured everywhere um, and it's really cool stuff it's really easy to navigate you can find a lot of really cool stuff and then in the recipes themselves uh, you can find you can find that it's like really simply broken down you can go into categories and stuff like that yeah. so if you ever have like inspirations to do something uh, this is it right here and you can find all the recipes all the uh, stuff like that so I've actually uh, I've actually been following him on Instagram for a couple of years now oh yeah yeah his, uh, his recipes are really good yeah really really good and they look like they look super delicious oh yeah that's the sure. other thing too like yeah. it looks like something you want to make exactly yeah 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 I haven't followed him for that long I think I've only followed him for the last like 
maybe six months or so. Yeah. Six to eight months. So, yeah. yeah. From what I've seen, is it's super cool. Fit Man so, Cook. Yeah, Fit Man Cook. Fit Man Cook. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I'm hungry now. Uh, let's, let's wrap this up. I want yeah, to eat. eat. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so, yeah, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. Uh, we can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and our website at darkrosecomics.podbean.com. Uh, please also remember to rate and leave us a review on iTunes if you have some time. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you have a book that maybe came out now with something from before you want us to discuss on the show, uh, please email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics. You can find me, myself, on twitter.com slash utterlygeeky and my co-host Victor at twitter.com slash victorjyoung. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics. And you can find us on Facebook with a Facebook page at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics. Uh, if you want to be a part of the community, you can join our Facebook group at Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. Time to eat. You know, I used to be, I've, I was pretty, um, <laughs> I was pretty impressed with myself with like the word wordplay and the pun and stuff. I used yeah. to be pretty good at wordplay, but I'm running out of ideas. So I don't know. I found that I was, I, I was pretty good at wordplay once upon a time. Not so much now. Yep. So goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>